Welcome back to another episode of Voice of the Generation, where we talk to the culture shifters of this generation. Today I have Zach with me. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Zach. So I am currently a student at Delaware State University. Um, through my time there, I've been able to accomplish a couple of different things. Um, personally, just step into student leadership. Um, so over the past like few years, uh, I was on the board for an organization called Men of Color Alliance, which is an organization focused towards the, just the development of men. Also, I founded a community service organization called Hornets in Motion, which does community service all throughout the state of Delaware. And I've also had the opportunity of being on the real court as Mr. Senior. And uh, that's just a few things I would honestly say, but just overall, just a guy that's just about student leadership, impact, and just overall change. Hmm. What's one thing that you want to see? One thing that I want to see, mm -hmm. like an angle. Mm -hmm. Um. So an angle of mine, it kind of comes down, it's kind of based off my family in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of want to create a sustainable healthcare system in Haiti. That's like a really, really big goal of mine. Why? Why? I feel as though it's important for people that are not from here to always make sure that they're giving back. And the same aspect when you think about, you know, the community of which when people make it out the hood, it's important for them to come back and, you know what I mean, bring some of that back. And either that may just be, you know, funding something, just maybe motivating the kids, something like just giving back in a sense. So mm -hmm. my parents were born and raised in Haiti. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though it's somewhat of my duty to give back in a sense especially if they're in need for it. And um, like over the last couple of years, I've just been kind of keeping up with like the news and different things that go on in Haiti. And I'm going into healthcare um, as a career. So I just was thinking about different ways that I could benefit them in my own lane. So in a sense, some of the biggest issues that kind of come up is the fact that when people go to Haiti and they help out, they, you know what I mean? They probably bring doctors, medical um, equipment, different things like that it's usually for a temporary time period. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is that it doesn't create anything sustainable. Mm. So the moment they leave, it's like they're in a worse position than when they started off in. So wow. I just really wanna create some sustainability mm -hmm. in my culture, because I feel as though we still have a lot of potential. Um, geographically, we're still very dominant in the area, but just when it comes to politically and financially, it's just not all the way there. And then other areas of life, mm -hmm. should I say. Speaking about sustainability, I've heard a lot about um, the need of black males, specifically in education, because I'm an education major, mm -hmm. but I always hear how black male leadership is scarce. Yeah. So how did you become a leader? Um, I would honestly like to give that credit to my dad. Um, he was the type of person that just always told me, like, you know, you're the head, not the tail. You're the top, not the bottom. Mm. And this is like in middle school when I didn't even like think much of myself. So I'm just like, what is bro talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying to be like everybody else <laughs> at the moment. So but he just always instilled like a bunch of wisdom in me. Mm -hmm. And once I kind of got to a position where I started like just looking at the world and be like, you know, I kind of want to be a part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of want to like feel like I matter in the world in a sense. Mm -hmm. And that's when I just started like just really pushing myself forward and just putting myself in positions. And for a lot of time, I had like imposter syndrome where I felt like I was in positions or I was doing things that I probably wasn't qualified for. Mm -hmm. But I just had to tell myself that's the whole reason why I'm doing it. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? Like you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So if you're uncomfortable, if you feel like you're doing something that you're probably like not all the way embodying, then it's good because mm -hmm. it's growth. Are you a good follower? I would honestly say I am. Because I feel as though to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Mm -hmm. And it's important, And but it's it's more important to understand who you're following mm -hmm. and not just the idea of following. Because mm -hmm. people get caught up in just, oh, I don't want to be a follower, this, then, and third. But mm -hmm. if you're following the right stuff, then keep following it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So in a sense, if you have a mentor, if you have someone that's already like a place that you want to be, follow their footsteps, follow their mentality. You know what I'm saying? Follow how they handle situations. It's it's what you follow that matters more. But once you understand that, like you have to put your pride aside to grow in a sense and allow somebody else to actually impact you and make you a better person. That's when you can actually learn how to be a good follower. And that's when you take those skills and then you become a good leader. How do you follow? Um, Like if I'm somebody who looks up to another person, mm -hmm. but I don't know much about networking. I don't know much. I haven't heard the term mentoring. How do I follow that person? Okay, so I'm going to be honest. In America, 
if you're a young black <laughs> man that's trying to do something and you stay and you tell somebody that nine out of ten times they're gonna want to help you just mm. because of the stereotypes and just the different things that go on with it. I've had opportunities to talk to just different people and when when I when I speak about certain things, like when I'm passionate about it, like people are just like very eager to help. You'd be surprised how many people at the top are eager to help, like that are mm-hmm. at a position where they're comfortable with. They they understand their story is something that, you know what I mean, is valuable. And they just be wanting to share it sometimes. A lot of times they don't have anybody to talk to with that type of information. Cause you gotta think most people that are <clears throat> kind of where they wanna be in life and like they're set in it. Probably like 40, 50. It's like more like their adult years. Like 20 is definitely like you're still trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. 30 is more so like you're kind of putting things together. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You probably got something under your feet, but you're still putting things together. 40, 50 is more like them graceful years where like you definitely got this life thing figured out for sure. Like you're just mm-hmm. like on your next project or something. Uh-huh. But like around that time period, like they just have a lot of knowledge and wisdom, but they probably don't have any outlets to talk to. So honestly, like, it is, it is the networking aspect. It's number one, putting yourself in a room with those people and then also like your approach and how you kind of just open up and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're asking like how to network, I would honestly say it just comes from number one, getting out of your shell and putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people um, have a hard time meeting new people and they stop that. They, they let that stop them from actually meeting new people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd be surprised. You put yourself in certain rooms. People are really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And they'll start opening up, asking you questions, things like that. And it's really a copy and paste. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity of being in a couple of different rooms with people that, you know, were very impactful people in their community. You know what I mean? Like these are the top guys that, you know what I'm saying, that really do things around here. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm in those rooms, I really pay attention to how they talk and how they talk to me. And if there's if there's something that I like about what they said, then I'll write that down mentally things like that like just opening conversation and how you ask somebody about like what they do and things like that and who they are and kind of having the confidence behind it so it really is just kind of watching somebody else or you know what I mean just a couple different things like just a pointer to like hey how you doing my name is Zachary like this and third da, 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 da. like I'm from mm-hmm. here like you know how are you today you know what I mean like what's your work of study things like that mm-hmm. just understand like kind of just your pitch once you get your pitch mm-hmm. down that's that's when you can when networking kind of gets a little easier not to get off task, but yeah, nah, we'll yeah. come back. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. But um, how do you pitch to somebody? Um, first you gotta you kind of you you gotta know what you want out the conversation first. Mm. That's okay. the first thing you gotta know what you want. Do you want to make a connection? Do you want to express like a project that you're working on that you kind of want help with? Do you mm-hmm. want their assistance with something? Do you want mentorship? Things like that. If I just want to make a connection with somebody, um. We'll probably, I'll probably walk up, probably find something convenient, like either we're both grabbing food at the same time or like I'll find something small just to start it off with. Like, oh, what are you, what are you having? Like, what are you drinking? Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then usually I have a pitch where I kind of introduce myself. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think like a 30 second pitch. It honestly depends on what room I'm in mm-hmm. and what information about me matters the most. Mm. That's okay. the thing. So like I had an opportunity of going to like a foundation ball where like they're raising money for a, a certain foundation. And mm-hmm. I killed my friend. So when I went there, I wasn't over here talking about, oh, you know, I'm this, da, da, da. No, when I went, I'm like, oh, I'm a friend of so-and-so because mm-hmm. that person was the, um, she was the speaker. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It kind of like, it rung a bell when I said her name. Mm-hmm. So instead of like saying anything about me, I'm going to say what matters in this room at the time period. I'm the friend of so-and-so. It's like, oh, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And that's where conversation picks up at. So in other rooms, I'll use other information. But like, yeah, so kind of knowing what about you matters in the mm-hmm. space that you're in or like how they'll be able to connect it to themselves. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if you're a student, people love to hear about like just being a college student. You know, like I'm a you know, I'm a, I'm currently in my undergrad. Oh, what are you taking up? Things mm-hmm. like that. That opens that floor up. Things like that. Like, oh, do you have any degrees that kind of change the conversation? What do you do for work? Like, what do you do? Things like that. It kind of opens that opportunity to start talking about each other by just making smaller connections. So mm-hmm. just find something that you could probably start the conversation with, like a calm little icebreaker. Sometimes mm-hmm. I try to go with like something funny, something interesting, just like asking them a little question. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go into my pitch, kind of just explain to them just a little bit about myself. Never too long though, you never want to take too much of the floor. Um, and then start asking like a couple of questions about them. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you're existing or living in your leadership? I feel like I'm living. Um, I feel like the word existing kind of gives credit to outside. Um, 
trying to think. I want to say like outside input in a sense. Mm-hmm. If I'm living, it's more so like I'm kind of controlling some aspects of my life and I'm it's going the way I would want it to go. Like I'm mm-hmm. living the life that I want to live instead of just existing here and letting anything just happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like those are two really different things. Are you just existing? Like you're just here working, do whatever you have to mm-hmm. do. I feel like if you're just doing whatever you have to do to get by, that's existing. But if you're actually like intentionally doing certain things, not only just doing what you have to, but like taking that extra step further, that's when you start living because you start doing things for yourself. What ways do you think black males have been pushed out of leadership and push the term push out just being dismissed from? I think that um, men started getting pushed out mm-hmm. when um, I want to I want to take it back when when they started taking us out of the the families and the households and things like that. Mm-hmm. It started there because it created a culture and it created an environment that didn't technically need a black man. Okay. So <clears throat> I probably want to take this back to like I believe like the 1970s okay. it was like the um, the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, where basically they were they were literally flooding the, the the streets with narcotics, different drugs like that, and literally taking thousands of black men out of the households it's and crazy. into prison cells and things like that. And mm-hmm. I've actually done research and I've actually done research in a couple of different areas and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a gen- there's a genuine connection between once they stop like Jim Jim Crow discrimination things like that. The moment like those laws. St- like had to be, you know what I'm saying, removed and things like that is the moment they started fund- taking money out of the educational system and started mm-hmm. funding the prisons more. <laughs> That's really wild. <laughs> That's so wild. Like, like it's, 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 it's all statistical. Like, mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy how in a, in, a, in a way it went from like just straight up discrimination mm-hmm. to like systematic. Mm-hmm. Because they started changing the system yeah. and it tailored towards that. But um, I don't have all the dates, numbers, and um, and prior information, so I would hate for somebody to clip that up and try to reword it. But mm-hmm. it, but to, to to say the least, though, honestly, I feel like it started there. But I'd say there's there's partial accountability within mm-hmm. the black man. I say there's partial accountability because once we got back to the household, we didn't reinfiltrate ourselves to be there in a sense, and that's when it just became like the the the. The baby mama thing and the baby like a bunch of different baby mamas and not wanting to take the accountability of raising a family and different mm-hmm. things like that like there's accountability there's accountability mm-hmm. in our aspects but there's a lot of accountability in the system itself and kind of how it's against us but if they push this out because at the end of the day it's a uh, it, it's really a force to be reckoned with and honestly mm-hmm. i feel like that's their biggest their biggest fear in a sense was for us to be united to create our own system create our own type of thing so mm-hmm. in a sense once we start creating things for ourselves it just they, they, they changed the infrastructure mm-hmm. and made it really hard for just put a lot of pressure on black men at the end of the day. Like me growing up, I had to fight a whole bunch of different types of stereotypes. Mm. Just what were those of, stereotypes? Um, stereotypes like I'm not going to make it in a sense where I'm just going to be just your average Joe in a sense. Like a person like me couldn't be a, in a person of power. Did you believe that? I'd never allowed myself to believe it. How? But there was time periods where I did feel it. What was what was that feeling like? Was it anger? Was it bitterness? Was it resentment? It was um, It was a feeling like I wasn't like everybody else, and because I wasn't like everybody else, I couldn't be in the same places as everybody else. Mm. Um, it felt like something that I couldn't fight, and it felt like I could only be like comfortable, or I could only exist in places that look like me. And honestly, in a lot of those places may not be, they're not usually the best places. Mm. Why? Because it's just, if you think about it right, in the community, like if you think about it in the in the nicer communities, bigger communities, any different types of things, there's less people like us there. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like I probably didn't belong in those places. Mm. Wow. Why? Like people have dreams of having a big house, things like that. Like you have dreams and aspirations, but like actually feeling like you would belong there. I didn't ever feel like I would probably belong there. Do you feel like you belong now? I feel like the space that I would want to exist in, mm-hmm. I would want to exist in a space that there's more people not just like me, but there's all different types of people in that space. Okay. Um, I feel like diversity is is very, very important. 
And I feel like it's a factor that's like, you know, oh, diversity and inclusion, da, 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 like, like, but it's, it's honestly, it's honestly, it's what really changes an atmosphere in every mm-hmm. single aspect. When you have everybody that's just the same in one community, it mm-hmm. doesn't foster any change. It doesn't foster any like new experiences and different things like that. Mm-hmm. The reason why, like, for example, new reason, the reason why New York City is so just innovative and it just moves so fast and it's just so much so much stuff that just comes out of new york like it's it's literally a a foundation of creation it's because there's so many different ethnicities there's so many different cultures there and they all blend mix and match in different types of ways and it breeds different environments Mm -hmm. so yeah i feel like those types of spaces is where i thrive in the most and where i would want to be so you mentioned feeling like you weren't worthy enough or capable enough to dream big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an important feeling that a lot of black boys feel, but don't necessarily express. What would you tell yourself? Mm, I feel like, what well, one, what would you tell yourself to a younger black boy, like mm-hmm. a younger black boy version of you? What would you tell him? And... How do you tell him to dream bigger and navigate the world? So before I answer that question, I did want to touch one piece about just feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, I feel like it also comes from a place of like the pr- <clears throat> the pressure of mm-hmm. people like, you know, as a as a black man, you got to work twice as hard as everybody else. Ooh, just Lord. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we, do, we just have to grind uh-huh. way harder than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, when is it going to stop? <laughs> mm. Do y'all live? Do we live? Yeah. Do we live? Like, um, do you know what pure joy feels like without feeling like you are a target? I'll be honest, it took me a while. I'm actually kind of glad you asked that question. We're going to get back to that question for okay. sure. But I'm actually glad that you asked me that question because it took me a while to feel like real joy. Like for me to actually feel like like happy. It was it was mm-hmm. for a long period of time I was just trying to find happiness. I was doing a million things in the world mm-hmm. and I still just couldn't like feel happy within myself because there was like whatever I accomplished, there was like this much amount of stuff I didn't accomplish that I should have, that was written down. And, like, it's hard for me to be happy about this little bottom piece when the top piece is still, like, existing. <laughs> no, that is so real. That is so real. I feel like that's what black girls, too. But we ex- our experiences are significantly different because of, you know, gender, race, and everything else, ableism, and everything else that goes along with it. You know, all the systemic barriers yes. that have been placed on us. Yes. Um, but, yeah. How do you feel like leadership has affected your mental, your spiritual, and your physical health? Been good and bad. Okay, what's been like, good? Because um, <laughs> sometimes you just gotta be real. Like you gotta be mm-hmm. real. Like with student, with just leadership in general, there's there's gonna be good and bad. Like there's not, you're not, you're not at the top. Like or or just in a position where you have power, you also mm-hmm. have just as much responsibility. Mm. So you know what I mean. It 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 it, uh, it really does balance out. But you know, people only see one side of things. But you gotta be real. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's stressful. It's a lot stressful than being like just being the the other. Being on the other end of it, being the receiver of it, it's a lot more the stressful. The receivers, like <laughs> Lord. <laughs> but the good parts about it is, um, mm-hmm. it fosters growth. It, mm-hmm. it, it definitely, like I, I want to say, I matured a lot faster being mm-hmm. in a position where, like, other people's not when I say other people's lives, it doesn't have to be their whole life, like a life yeah. or death, but like somebody else's happiness, somebody else's just something that that you care about is in my hands. To your work, exactly. Yeah. So, like, what I'm doing, like, really does matter. And mm-hmm. I think that creates the pressure of, like, it has to be good. It, it has, has to be great. To. It has to be perfect. It has to. <laughs> it has to work or it has to work. Like, I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> like, it, it has to do one or the other. Like, it can't uh-huh. be mediocre. It can't be okay. It can't be because I'm supposed to be working twice as better mm-hmm. than the rest. Like, my work has to be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm a black young man. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't produce mediocre work. Yeah. That's what they're expecting of me. Yeah. You have an organization, MOCA, that you've led, I don't even know how many black men. Did you feel like you had to give up a part of your childhood to mature quicker to lead these men or no? Mm, that's an interesting question. I like that. And and this is where it came from. Yeah. When I used when I was leading in high school, 
I felt like it was great leading, but a part of me also had to grow up a little bit quicker because you got to open your eyes. People's livelihood is attached to your name and your work. You can't produce without understanding the full problem. And that's where growing up quicker happens. To lead a bunch of black men on a campus, first of all, we're we going to go back, but to lead a bunch of black men on the campus, first you have to have influence to get right. them to even join. Mm -hmm. That's true. But sustaining them is another part, and you sustain them. Right. I do agree with you when you said that you do have to mature in a sense because you're leading your peers, and your peers are like... <laughs> And your peers are like the biggest, the biggest, the biggest critiques. Thank you. <laughs> the, big, the biggest, the biggest critiques. critics. Yes. So when you're when you're messing with someone has the biggest critics, you almost need to have the credentials to some mm -hmm. degree to kind of combat that in a sense. Yeah. And the credentials is living the life that you're kind of pushing on somebody else, mm -hmm. or not even just pushing, but you you want them the best. Like I could be pushing the best for you, but you're not mm -hmm. gonna actually take it and put it in, into play unless you see me doing the same. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling just like you. I just know a little better. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's real. Like, yo, we're on the same <laughs> campus. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it really, it, and, and I think on that part of it where you kind of, where it kind of meets in the middle, transparency. Mm. It's transparency. It's being that leader. It's preaching that good message. But it's yeah. also being transparent when you're not living up to that same standard. Because mm -hmm. it's real and it's true. And that's the whole reason why I'm telling you guys to do better. I'm doing this because you have to understand I'm speaking from a place of, trial and error mm. so yes i may be a product of it but b best believe in these words are wisdom because Woo! i've actually put you know what i'm saying things good. into action you know what i mean yeah that's good so when you when you're that's transparent good. with the leadership with your peers it creates that sense of like okay even the players mess up sometimes like mm -hmm. you know what i mean even lebron misses a, a free throw <laughs> and stuff like that so it creates that 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 image that you're not perfect you know what i'm saying you mm -hmm. just have the will and you have the want to do better every day mm -hmm. and that makes the difference of not being perfect, but wanting to do better every single day and not being perfect and being okay with it and allowing yourself to just foster in your flaws and things like that instead of progressively trying to change them and just better them in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's So, real. yeah, I think that was like the best thing. Just being transparent when it comes to like leading your peers kind of creates a level of sustainability and it kind of creates a, um, a sense of like we're the same. Mm -hmm. We're the same. Like, you may be looking up to me like, yo, Zach is this, Zach is that. Like, I want to be where Zach's at in like a year or two, this, then, and third. You can definitely want to do that, but just let you, I just want to let you know, this comes with problems. This comes with stress. <laughs> this also comes with like you having to step up to the plate and you having to leave a lot of stuff that's right here behind. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like things that your peers are doing, you can't do. And a lot of people can say that they want to be in those positions, but are you willing to make those sacrifices? Mm -hmm. Whenever you're moving up into certain degrees, there's sacrifices with everything. I don't think people understand that. With <laughs> Ooh, love comes sacrifice. With love comes sacrifice. <laughs> with passion That's comes sacrifice. Real. With work comes sacrifice. That is and real. If you're not thinking about the sacrifices that you have to make and put into where you want to go, then you're going to be stagnant. You're going to continue to want something bigger than yourself, but not actually put yourself in that position because you're refusing to sacrifice whatever holding you back to get to that level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sacrifice. Ooh, that's powerful. But um mm, we can just sit there. That that was <laughs> that was good. That was real good. I'm gonna turn this into a clip. That needs to be an audio. Somebody <laughs> make that an audio. <laughs> but um you talk about being the best, not producing mediocre work. Mm -hmm. If you want to be the best, how do you ensure that the person behind you becomes the best or better than you? Because is is that your goal for somebody to be better than you? I feel like in leadership? I feel like whatever you do, you mm -hmm. should always want to be the foundation for the next person. Why? Um, because it's important that we build up on each other mm -hmm. and we build up and create generational wealth, generational success, and just, you know, kind of carry on generational knowledge. Mm -hmm. My dad is reading 30 books in a year, and he's not sharing any of that information with wow. me. He's going to take, <laughs> he, <laughs> take all that knowledge yeah. and wisdom yeah. to the grave and like it's not it's not going to affect me or you know his seeds his offsprings and the way that he would want it to mm -hmm. so me and my dad talk a lot and he shares a lot of information with me you know what i mean he puts mm -hmm. me onto a lot of different books that's his way of sharing his knowledge and creating mm -hmm. a foundation for me mm -hmm. because this is the information that he's attaining at 50 mm -hmm. i'm still 21 so hearing and, and hearing it not only from his experiences and his perspective, giving it to me and me kind of like taking that in now, probably not fully understanding it, but still mm -hmm. taking it in and taking note of it right now. So the mm -hmm. time periods where I will need it, I know it and I can activate it. But that skips 
30 years of trial and error for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you're thinking about leadership and kind of just creating something, it's you can create something great and create something amazing, but if you didn't create a blueprint or some type of way where this can be progressed upon past you, because, I mean, you could be a creative person, you could be an amazing person, but there's always, there should be another person that can add to it. Mm-hmm. Put that little cherry on the top of the cake, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, add something else that could make this either be utilized differently mm-hmm. or just have a whole different purpose in and of itself. Mm-hmm. So, when you just think, like, for example, an organization, it would be pointless for me to have a great year as a president, <laughs> Yeah, hand it off to <laughs> another person, and then it, the, the next year mirrors nothing of what I did. <laughs> at all yeah it's it would be like so in that sense it's like all the work that i put in kind of didn't mean anything because it didn't transcend time Mm -hmm. when you think about a lot of like for example art arts Mm -hmm. a a big portion of what makes art valuable is time Mm -hmm. how is it able to transcend how Mm -hmm. is it able to gain value over time Mm -hmm. and it's because people look at art and they gain their own creativity they gain they gain they gain their own knowledge and input from it and then they take utilize it and they make their own Mm -hmm. so a lot of art is just you know even new art modern day art things like that and one way or another it's a reflection of past art Mm -hmm. so that create that adds more value to it Mm -hmm. and that's what we need to start doing in different areas of our lives if we want to actually change our change the generation change the stereotypes and things like that we need to learn how to number one actually make the change stand on the change and pass the change down Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're a big dreamer? I'm a visionary. Oh, yeah. Oh, visionary. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a visionary. (laughs) I'm a type of person that just sees the whole picture Mm -hmm. um, off of, like, a sentence. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's the type of person that I am. And Mm -hmm. um, I like being that type of person because it it comes with its pros and cons. Because Mm -hmm. because I'm a visionary and I always see the bigger picture, Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to, like, actually see and do the smaller steps mm-hmm. like the minute things like the, the the progressive things but being a visionary kind of keeps me level-headed mm-hmm. because when i'm up i know that there's more work to be done mm-hmm. and when i'm down i know that it's not gonna last forever mm. wow um, i think i love that you said that you see yourself as a visionary but i think that there are a lot of black males that don't see themselves as culture shifters, as expanders of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think that has to do with a lot of systemic barriers because you can't be what you can't see. But you have like this big, you have a big, you're different. You're not normal. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's a gift. I try. Mm -hmm. And so how do, how does a black man who wants to dream big, Ignore the stereotypes, ignore the narratives, mm-hmm. ignore what the world says and recognize themselves as an expander of the world. I love that you asked that question <laughs> um, because uh-huh. I feel like in people and we got to start the first before I say this, we have mm-hmm. to learn how to take feelings and emotion towards words off of it because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're taunting the meaning of it and we're not actually accepting it for what it actually means. I feel like a lot of people are naturally close-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Do you think social media has to do with that? Or yes, do you think that's... because social media creates an aspect of like, all right, this is the life that you should live. This is the good life and this is only the good life. <laughs> but your Instagram yes. is also tailored to who you follow and who you follow is based off your community and things like that. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I've changed a lot of who I follow. So I see a lot of different things. (laughs) Like me personally, I'm kind of big in like black wealth, black, Mm -hmm. you know, good things. So I unfollow the shade room. I unfollow Um, the shade room too. Child, it will change your life. It will change your life. (laughs) Like unfollow the shade room, unfollow (laughs) spiritual world. There's nothing spiritual about it. It, Yo, I scrolled on the spiritual world page. I remember when I first followed the page, I thought it was like a Christian page. Me too. Yo, it's so far from it. It's so far from it. It's everything worldly. my feet all I see is now is black woman entrepreneurs, black yeah. male entrepreneurs. If you ain't talking about generational worth, how to get it, I don't really want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I started doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I started following like motivational pages. So yeah. I see like quotes on my Instagram that just mm-hmm. motivate me constantly. So while I'm <laughs> yeah. scrolling, I'm just seeing different like infographs and stuff like that. Like, you know, simple drawings yes. and stuff that like depict 
uh, motivational aspect or mindset, mm-hmm. I love those because mm-hmm. you. I'm a visionary, so I gotta yes. see it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And it's just when I'm scrolling, I'll just mm-hmm. now, I'll just be seeing like certain things. Like, yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what progression looks like. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like Ooh, ups and downs, things like, like that. Yes. Because like it's hard to see what progression <laughs> yes. looks like sometimes. It like, is. yo, you feel like yo, you can't get nothing yes. right, but that's progression. <laughs> yo, let me tell you a story. So before we recorded this episode, uh-huh. I had somebody before you, right? I could, I literally, from 9 a.m., I have been trying to get the, the system to work. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. I could have easily said, yo, we can't record because I can't figure out the system. Yeah. I sat there until what? Two o'clock? I'm like, we got to figure it out. We got to make something <laughs> shake. Because we ain't going home. Somebody is counting on me right. to record this episode. So, no, we can't. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people would have just said, you know what? It's hard. I can't do it. And I see that's. Yeah that as a common factor in our generation like putting this podcast together was not easy mm-hmm. i don't know nobody with a podcast tell me about it <laughs> so how, i had to hard? figure everything out <laughs> like you know what i'm saying it was not easy but you know a lot of people aren't willing to put that time in they're not willing to sacrifice you got to get off that chair you got to run yeah period like you got to run like there's fire behind you like yeah. you got five days to execute let me be honest it's, i don't want to make that sacrifice <laughs> that sacrifice is something. Don't want to make that sacrifice. Like mm-hmm. you got to you. You honestly had to like step up. Like I had to unfollow some people that I, you know yeah. I actually knew and things like that because I didn't like the content they was posting. Hello. And, the, and the thing <laughs> and is, will. you got to separate people from their accounts. You have to separate people from their accounts. You have to separate people. I could love you as yes. a person, but the stuff that you post, the things that you may be about, and the things that you're pushing into the world, I'm not okay with. Like, yeah. just, we don't agree with. It's not benefiting me. Yeah. It's just not benefiting me. And my social media is tailored to what I want to see. And if that's not what I want to see, and I'm just following you just because I know you, then I'm doing myself a disservice. Mm-hmm. What you see is what you sow. Exactly. If I continue to see somebody doing good, I'm going to sow something good. But Naturally. people don't. I, I don't know. Everybody just doesn't think like this. I don't know. But... But yeah, oh, so Lord. it kind of, it, in, in a lot of different ways, we're close, mm-hmm. like uh, our community can be closed minded. Mm-hmm. Number one, we're stuck in our ways. In a sense, we're like, we're stuck in the things that we do, the food that we like to eat. Like, in a sense, it's natural to be closed minded. It's natural to just it's be easy. in the same environment or just be the same person that you was when you grew up and things like that. You know what I mean? Like, people grew up in the hood, stay in the hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, nat- it's a natural reoccurrence and mm-hmm. things like that. And sometimes, the closed-minded attitude or just kind of just staying in that same zone could be mm-hmm. beneficial if you come from a beneficial house that mm-hmm. comes from generational wealth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, I would want to be closed-minded too. If yeah. I can like, what, what's the, what's the, what's, what's the, the point it's of me easy. Yeah, life is easy. Yeah, life is easy. <laughs> I just need to do whatever my dad's doing mm-hmm. or whatever my mom's doing or whatever, how, whatever mm-hmm. t- route they took, let me just take that and keep yeah. pushing. I'm not going to think. I'm not going to mm-hmm. try to do something different, anything like that. Like, it's working for them. It's going to work for me. Yeah, when you come from a house where it didn't work, and they're actually struggling. Yeah. And you coming from that environment where you can't just take what your parents are doing and things like that and just replicate it and be good on your own and whatnot. Like, and you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You gotta think outside the box. And some people do mm-hmm. and some people don't. But mm-hmm. it's that it's the difference in which where we're coming from mm-hmm. that forces us to have to like we have to think outside the box. We mm-hmm. have to be open minded if we want to be successful. <laughs> you know what I we, mean? We notice that <laughs> we because you gotta collaborate, you can't compete. That that's so. I just wish people knew about that because I feel like in college, a lot of people are competing with each other. It's like if we just mm-hmm. sat down and collaborated. Like you're good at something, he's good at something, somebody else is good at something. You're better than me somewhere, and I'm better than you somewhere. If we just sat down and put our heads together, we would be we can so be much better farther. together. Yeah. yeah. But I want to do my own thing. You want to do your own yes, thing. Yes. And like, let's see who run up the bag the fastest. Like. Why do we have <laughs> like why do we have to do a thousand different things that are the same thing? To produce one end goal. I'll go a step further, right? Like, you know how many people have like small businesses? Like, you know, let's do this. Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm about, to, I'm about to really, I'm about to just really throw this whole thing off. So you know, how many, you know, how many, like people have like either they do nails, or they do lashes, <laughs> or they do like makeup, or they do hair. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just all come together? Why don't you just sit down? <laughs> Collaborate. <laughs> you know what? If I were you, let's and, create and if my one space for us to all do hair. Something, let's create one space for us to all do nails. Why don't we? Let's all create start, one space for yes. us to all do like lashes like that. So it makes it easier for everybody else. We like everybody just comes to one place. Yes, and we all cater to the same community. We all naturally <laughs> cater to the same community of uh, <laughs> clients. We literally do. You feel yeah. me? Like girls be having three, four different hairstyles and whatnot. <laughs> what if they was all in the same place? Mm-hmm. But it's just yeah. it's that it's the and, and it's the it's it's two things. It's the barriers that we have created in between ourselves mm-hmm. and it's the it's the undermining self hate. What's what? Oh, oh you coming for somebody. 
You ain't coming for me though. <laughs> um, what's the difference between a woman leading and a man leading? I'll start with me. I was about to say, what, what, in what I aspect? feel like Le- as, a woman, as a woman, as a black <clears throat> woman leading, mm-hmm. I feel like my leadership style can come off as um, militant sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that stems from a place of I will not produce anything that is less than my best. Coming from a black male perspective of what I see, Sometimes I see y'all fighting for it, but I don't see everybody fighting for it. And that makes me think like there's something inside of leadership that makes y'all feel like y'all aren't capable. But what is that thing that makes you feel like you're not capable of leading? So I um, <laughs> I like that you said that. Um, I was going to ask you first, do you feel like you're militant because... Um, just kind of being in your femin- uh, femininity, mm-hmm. you won't gain the same amount of respect. Mm. Oh, not you coming for me. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. Like you got to be off stern. You got to be very assertive yes. for people to take you seriously. Like you can't yes. come off soft, wishy washy, delicate mm-hmm. in a sense because people probably won't take you as serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. That's, that's just, mm-hmm. in a sense, that's kind of, um, but I will say, I, I watched the I, I watched the video mm-hmm. of Dr. Omar talking to like three <laughs> young yes. three young men, um, mm-hmm. and he was talking about partial accountability. And the guys mm-hmm. were in a sense of just like, why do we got to do it? Like, mm-hmm. I worked hard for what I got. Why do mm-hmm. I got to sit here and you know what I mean? Put up with the, the Ray Ray and all this, like <laughs> the the other guys that she was messing uh-huh. with that you know what I'm saying is not up to par and whatnot. Why do yeah. I got to deal with that? You feel me? And <clears throat> he um. It's two things, honestly. One of the guys mm-hmm. said, like, we can't be leaders and stuff. And mm. people look at that like, ugh, like, look at him not trying to stay up to the plate, things like that. But look at our leaders. Where's MLK at? Where's our, where's our, where's our, where's our leaders at? In what areas are our leaders at? Hip hop, rap, on the basketball court, on the basketball field. There's not a lot of people that look like me that are in leadership positions that you would probably think like. There's a lot more people going into politics now, but most of the people that people follow, keep up with, especially in the black community, are not politicians, mm-hmm. not people of power, not people of like, should I say change? Not trying to push anybody's buttons, but like your favorite actor is more so doing things for like the movie industry than he's doing for his community. And mm-hmm. like to certain degrees, like his passion, his drive, what makes him a leader is not because of the impact and change, should I say. What makes him a leader is because of his talents. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But you know what I mean? If we're looking at the people that we follow and that we look up to, are we looking at the people of change and impact? Or are we just looking at the people for talent? If you look at the people for talent, you're going to feel like I can't be a leader because I'm not talented. If I don't do something special, if I'm not running the bag up in a different type of way as a black man, like if I'm not a rapper, if I'm not on the basketball court, if I can't drop buckets this and a third, go somewhere for that, then I feel as though, what am I going to lead in? What, what area is there for me to lead in? I don't see anybody that looks like me in different places for me to believe that I can be there. How does school affect that? Have, have you ever had a teacher that said to you, you're a leader, Zach? When you got in trouble, did anybody say you're a leader? I was definitely um, in middle school and elementary school. I was definitely like one of those bad kids. Like, you know, the quote unquote. Why did you act out? You know what's crazy? I was very um, smart in school. And like, you know, like they had like honors classes and stuff like that. Like, so I was like the bad kid in the honors class. So I stuck out like a sore thumb. But honestly, I probably wasn't doing anything any worse than like, you know, what other people in the other class were doing. Mm-hmm. But it's because I was in the honors class <laughs> and everybody else was just so much more mature, more prestigious, more like intentionally focused and stuff like that. And I was mm-hmm. just like more so naturally smart. So I kept up on paper. Yeah, for sure. But just in the classroom, like my whole vibe, my energy wasn't where like theirs were. So I felt like the outcast because and then also like they kind of just pushed this narrative like because I was the only like should I say bad kid in the class. I just had like the bad kid narrative put on me. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking about leading my peers. <laughs> so when <laughs> did never... that shift happen that you got to college and was like, oh, I want to be on Royal Courts. I want to lead Mocha. I want to lead Hornets in Motion. I want to do this. I want to do that. It um it comes from two different places. Okay. Comes from two different places. 
the first place it comes from is I remember it being in high school. And high school was a time period where, like, I was I was on a basketball team. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I went to a small high school. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very new. The first graduating class was the upper class, like, the grade above me. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even, like, I didn't even, when I came in, it was just the freshmen, me, sophomores, that was it. Mm-hmm. So, like, very, very small. Mm-hmm. But, um... But the coolest guys, I would say, like, the cool kids, like, especially, like, in the guys, because it wasn't all the guys that went there. It was majority girls. Mm-hmm. But it was the basketball team, and I was on the basketball team. So I was with the cool guys. Mm-hmm. But all four years, you feel me, like, feeling like, you know, oh, you know what I mean? Like, I never felt like I was, like, oh, the cool guy, the jockeys, the third, but I would, those were just my friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what I mean? Guys would bid, have a good time, just stand third, whatever, whatever. But by, by the time I graduated and I sat down with, like, everybody, Mm-hmm. And they just started going through all these different accomplishments and accolades and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there just like, oh, oh, oh. You got to like, clap for everybody else. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, like I just sat back. I'm like, what did I accomplish here? Mm. I, I walk, I'm walking across the stage feeling like I didn't accomplish nothing in these four years. Like, I felt like I just, I wow. just graduated and that was it. And that feeling of feeling like I just graduated, like I sat here and did four years here and didn't make any impact. It just like... I didn't like the way it made me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I just felt like another person on that stage. Mm. And when I got to college, I told myself, nah, like, I'm going to make sure my name just holds weight. My name means something in this room when I walk across that stage. That was my one goal. That was just my, that was literally my only goal after I graduated. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this to the chin for high school, but for college, nah. <laughs> I'm, 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 yo, I'm standing, I'm, st- I don't, and mind you, I didn't have any like genuine goals or I didn't even know what college looked like for real. I just oh knew God. on this campus, I'm stepping like, y'all going to remember my name when I graduate. Uh-huh. Like, this going to be a place where like my name holds weight. Like, people can mention me and mm-hmm. yo, they're going to be like, oh, Zach Bernard? Like, like they're going to open doors uh-huh. just because you know me. And that's not coming from a cocky place, but it's coming mm-hmm. from a place of like, these next four years, I want to put work in this institution to a point where like, my name holds weight. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, pe- when people think of me, they think of me in a, res- in a respected manner that's contributed something to the greater good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, in, in the most simplest way to put it. Yeah. But I would honestly say it was also a feeling of feeling left out. So with that feeling of like me not leaving any impact, it was also like that small insecurity of me just being left out. Me not, you know what I mean? Being a part of the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Like me just being another student. You know what I mean? So with those two feelings and emotions that I had coming out of high school, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, what is this high school thing? You know <laughs> what I mean? I mean, not this high school thing. What is this college thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How do you how do you matter here? You know what I mean? What what does this look like? What's the what's the how how do you wow, what's it called? Like, Hierarchy. Thank you. Oh my goodness, <laughs> you stole the word right out of my mouth. That's the exact word I was looking for. What is the hierarchy here? And how do I get to the top? And uh-huh. how fast can I get there? Mm-hmm. I got to campus, mm-hmm. freshman year. Mind you, freshman year, I still had a strong feeling of being left out because oh, my right. parents um, I didn't have the money my freshman year. Well, I thought I didn't have the money my freshman year. I just didn't have the financial literacy to read my financial aid and understand where my money was coming from and going. Yeah. So first semester, I didn't. I thought I didn't have the money to live on campus. So my parents were just like, you know, they didn't want to take out any student loans on their behalf and things like that. Especially since the school's like 45 minutes away and there's feasible ways yeah. around it. So they're mm-hmm. just like, you know, we're just going to do this commuting thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> Did you take the bus or drive? Both. Both. I would not want to drive. That drive is And I had annoying. like a curfew on weekdays. I couldn't even be like, I couldn't be on campus like past 10. Imagine oh being gosh. a college student. You can't even be on college campus past like 10 p.m. You got to leave all your friends no matter what you're doing at random times. So and your parents is just like, what's your issue? Like you're going to school for like <laughs> class. Like you're going to class, right? You're, you're taking classes, right? What's the problem? Like, what are you there thing. for? It, it is. It is a foreign parent thing. But at the same time, uh-huh. it's like I'm having such this. Like, I finally got to college, right? Like, I graduated high school. I'm in college, but I still feel like I'm in high school because mm-hmm. I gotta come home. Like, I can't even like just be here with my friends and things mm-hmm. like that. Granted, I don't live here, and that would be like the one thing my mom used to tell me, especially if I try to stay late. She's like, "You don't live there," and I just mm-hmm. like that 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 feeling created such a strong emotion of feeling left out. And it's just like, nah, like, how am I supposed to make my name mean something here? Like, I came here wanting for my name to mean something, and I can't even be here long enough to get to know anybody. Mm-hmm. So first, my first semester there, um, I made friends with this uh, this name, this guy named Mike. And um, 
he was a mocha man at the time and um he also was into like student leadership so mm -hmm. there was a organization called emmet that kind of fostered towards like the kings and queens and all of us in a sense so it had like um and i'm so sad that it kind of went away with covid but yeah um he was mr eminent and he was also like a mocha man mm -hmm. so i just we became friends during that summer because he was friends with someone I worked with at main event. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, yo, this is my, this is my young bull, Zach. He about to come to DSU next year, whatever, whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Take him under your wing. Mm -hmm. And he, he really did do ex exactly just that. And he was genuine from the day I met him. Mm -hmm. And like, I like the fact that he was the same person at main event, same person on campus. Mm -hmm. And when I met him on campus, he, um, he was just, cool he talked to everybody <laughs> he walked through he walked through mlk <laughs> just saying what's up to everybody he mm -hmm. just knew everybody he was cool this there da, 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 da. he cool with mm -hmm. the guys in the suit and tie he cool with the like the football players he cool with all the girls that are da, 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 whatever whatever uh -huh. i'm like just being this commuter kid <laughs> like out of high school like uh -huh. kind of like don't know nobody uh -huh. kind of like small-minded in a sense i'm just like how are you doing this like this is amazing no that's <laughs> I was like, oh my god! He's talking to everybody. I'm just standing here like, oh my <laughs> god, this is so awkward. <laughs> well, I took so many pages out of his book. That's just why I just got to drop the name, like mm -hmm. Graham Y Wave. Like he he even had like a meaning. Like he was like, yeah, my name, my Instagram name is Y Wave, and there's two Y's. You want to know why? And basically, his two Y's in his name was like his Y's were basically his purpose of life. Mm. And that used to like that used to be his like <laughs> his one two. Uh -huh. Like when I tell you when he walked in the room and stuff like that, he'd be like, Yeah, my name is Mike, grand name Wild Wave. Why you like it's two Y's in it? Like why you this and third? He'll go straight into it, like mm -hmm. off rip. You getting a name, you getting the confidence, mm -hmm. you getting this guy got like an impact, like he got mm -hmm. like he he got clear goals. Like mm -hmm. he, yo, I'm just like, yo. He had me? everything you wanted. And that was his pitch. Mm. That was his pitch. He knew his pitch. He knew his pitch. His pitch was in his Instagram name. And what's common day now? Everybody got a social media account. <laughs> so everybody's Instagram name yeah. means a, a little something to them. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your Instagram name matters just as much as your name at, at this <laughs> point. You know what I mean? Like people are going to remember you more like, oh yeah, Zach Wave. Like mm -hmm. people really know me by my Instagram name. Yeah. So I'm like, his pitch was fire. His pitch was fire. It caught the, the demographic that he wanted. Like mm -hmm. everybody that's in his age group is going to feel that. And I'm just like, yo, how are you doing this? Like, yeah. how, how did you like, he, but it, it all comes down to personal branding. Mm -hmm. He just had such a strong personal brand. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think he probably knew it at the time period of like, you know, that's just what it was, but that's just really what it was. And I kind of took from his pages next year after that, um, COVID hit, boom, <laughs> virtual. Another one. At this point, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm, I was commuting last year. I might as well just commute uh -huh. anyways. Like the class is online now, so I don't even have to mm -hmm. drive for real. So I still was taking classes, but at the time period, I was like iffy in school um, because I was working from home and like COVID just kind of just like took my like my inspiration for when to go to school completely out. I was mm. just like, yeah, that, like what's the point of me going here? Like I could really just run this bag up somewhere else. Like this is kind of like a waste mm -hmm. of time. And yeah. like when COVID hit, like my freshman year, like my fall semester, good. My spring semester, like it was kind of, it was off. It was definitely mm -hmm. off. Like I failed a class or two and I was just like, I was kind of embarrassed. And like, but who am I embarrassed to? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. Like, yo, mm -hmm. quick, just quick sec. Like, don't be embarrassed. Like, you have wins and losses. Understand yeah. your own wins and losses. Understand why you lost, and don't just be, oh my gosh, I lost. I'm so embarrassed. No, understand. Actually, understand why you lost, so you can make it up and never put yourself in that predicament again. That's so much more valuable than sitting here harping on your own like failures and stuff like that. Like, it's not gonna do anything. But mm -hmm. yeah, so sophomore year. I joined Mocha, like, mm -hmm. it was me and my man's Jake. I'm like, yo, Jake, like, we got to join, bro. Mind mm -hmm. you, like, freshmen couldn't join. So I'm mm -hmm. like, yo, we got to get in this org. Like, mm -hmm. mind you, this is, like, my mentor, like, the first guy that, like, took me under his wing. He was part of this organization. He repped the brand hard. And mm -hmm. actually, like, the spring semester when COVID hit, they did, like, a virtual campaign season. He ran for Mr. DSU, got Mr. Senior. So now, like, next year's been around. It's, like, COVID year, but he on campus. I'm not. So I only came, I only drove down to DSU for Mocha meetings. So, like, every mm -hmm. Sunday we just had Mocha meetings. That would be the only reason I would drive down there. Like, committed to the bone. Like, mm -hmm. this was the org that I wanted to be a part of, and I was committed to it. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like, it's not just something I said I wanted to do and did. It was something I said I wanted to do. And the consistency. And did, yeah. You know what I mean? I was intentional with it. And... Whatever you want to do, be committed to it. Also, know that you want to be committed to it because a lot of people will mm -hmm. join the org and not and don't participate, be things like yeah. that. And they'll be like, the org's not this, the org's not that. No, yeah. you weren't consistent enough to get what you needed to get out the of value the org. You yeah, the value of the org. 
you weren't committed enough. You didn't show mm -hmm. up enough to actually feel like you was part of the brotherhood or, yeah. you know, get the community service or get to feel like you impacted the community the way that you wanted mm -hmm. to. Whatever the org or whatever you're joining, things that may be, you have to be committed to it as well. So I know mm -hmm. for a fact I was committed to it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. co like COVID or not, um, driving or not, in-person classes or not, I wanted to join this org and I was going to show up in person every mm -hmm. single time. So when you joined, did that help you like identify yourself as a leader? Is that where it started? It definitely did because it mm -hmm. created the foundation. Mm -hmm. um, during the times that we had like Sunday meetings, there were there were workshop built, mm -hmm. and the president at the time, his name was Corbin Weatherspoon, mm -hmm. powerhouse guy. Like, oh, we gotta connect. If you see this, Corbin Weatherspoon, powerhouse. we gotta connect. The the guy's resume is bulletproof, and this was like before. This was like. In his senior year, like his resume was like three pages, like like high end internships, obviously, like presidents list, distant things like that. He founded another organization mm -hmm. um, called um, FBMA, which is Faithful Black Men Association, mm -hmm. while being the president of Men of Color Alliance. Like mm -hmm. he was really big into like men development and just bettering the men on campus on an academic level, but on a professional level as well. Like we had like resume building workshops we had like you know public speaking like mm -hmm. different workshops that i've never been introduced to before mm -hmm. you know what i mean but they were hosted and ran by the men that were in the organization so it was the recording secretary taking over one sunday then mm -hmm. it was like we just wanted to like you know senior members should i say taking over and doing like a workshop and stuff like that mm -hmm. and it was small to other people it may not have meant much but it meant the world to me yeah. it meant the world to me because honestly, it felt like I was doing something that was gaining skills that was really gonna matter. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, and this is the time period I was kind of losing my faith, like not faith, but like my want to just pursue academics to the highest extent. You know what I mean? And like, I had that moment, but at that same time, I'm like, yo, this perfect, like this interpersonal development, this professional development, I like this. Like, whatever mm -hmm. this is, like, mm -hmm. I wanna be a part of this. Like, this is kind of where I wanna make my little mark at. And this, yeah. that's where it kind of started opening my eyes to being a leader. I'm like, yo, mm -hmm. like, this is where I can leave my impact. This is mm -hmm. where I can make my my name, my my what who I am matter in. Mm -hmm. Next year comes around, junior year. My friend David went to middle school with him. Mm -hmm. Known him since literally since middle school, stuff like that. Former um, president of SGA. Mm -hmm. Okay. Knew him since middle school. Um, basically grew up together. Went to two different high schools, so mm -hmm. feel me, split apart, whatever. But he was the president my junior year, and he just dropped in the chat. Yeah, I need two. I have two open board positions. Me and Jake. <laughs> Give me those. <laughs> Give me those. And we, bro, when I tell you we accepted the positions before we even knew the names of them, uh -huh. because like number one, that's my man's at the end of the uh -huh. day. So like it wasn't even just like oh he just throwing a position at us now nah, because he knew that we wanted it. He knew he he was watching us take them drives. Knowing that we didn't live on campus up here and stuff like that, and and, and for these same exact meetings, because he was at those same exact meetings, you know what I mean. So he seen the commitment in the organization. So if these guys don't got nothing, mm -hmm. they got commitment, mm -hmm. they got heart. I can work with that. I can take that and turn it into into something. Because at the end of the day, like board positions in college, like no, like a lot of times nobody's ever done something like this before. So most of the time, like your board's gonna be new. It's gonna be people that don't have the prior experience yeah. that they probably need to, you know accomplish the goal do, or like you know what I mean or of recording secretary of you know what I mean correspondent secretary I didn't even know what a correspondent secretary was exactly I found out my spring semester during campaign season what for a real yes <laughs> I didn't I think we were having this conversation when we was in the car and I'm like what is a They're... corresponding secretary and you, were, and you was basically telling me like this person you know and yeah, I'm like the person that kind of handled, what like, I never heard that all I know stuff. was President, vice president, president uh -huh. recording secretary, Treasurer. and everybody else. Yeah, and that's it. But, but um, yeah, so it um, that's we I, we took those positions, and it was mm -hmm. the first time I stepped into leadership. And at the same yeah. time period, um, little fast forward, the even no the, the whole reason why I even got this opportunity is because the semester before I applied to be an RA. Um, mm -hmm. a friend of mine, his name was Chris. He ran for Mister DSU. Mm -hmm. Um, he was running at the time. But um, he was an RA, and uh, I was just like, we was we was just texting one time. I was like, bro, I don't live on campus. Like, it, mm -hmm. yeah, he was just like, why don't you just apply to be an RA? I'm like, what is that? He was like, they pay for your housing. <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> like this job pays for my housing? Uh -huh. 
I, I can work any job. <laughs> As it, that was the first thought. I'm like, what? Like, what do I got to do? Uh-huh. I'm gonna do it. Like, I don't care. Like, this is gonna be this. This was, uh-huh. this was gonna give me like a, a bed and a, <laughs> yes. and a room on campus without coming out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Sign us up. Like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> Did that, and then I actually got the position. And I moved on campus. So now I'm low key getting on campus with two leadership positions, but I'm not seeing it as such. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm seeing the mocha position as just a way for me to like, you know, lead in my own org that I've been committed to and things like that, kind of give a sense of giving back, you know what I mean? The same way. And I, just, I didn't even see it as leadership. I just seen it as the people that were in these roles before led the <laughs> workshops and stuff like that. So this is just my own way of giving back and kind of doing the exact same thing someone did for me. You know what I mean? Just just sowing that seed forward. That's yeah. when that, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I first got the position for Mocha. And then the RA position... I'm not going to lie. It was kind of like a give and take. Like, y'all give me housing. I'm going to give y'all the service that y'all need. Like, this is kind of giving customer service, like catering to like, you know, at the time period, it's resident service. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I'm coming from Costco and main event. I'm sharp with customer service. So I'm just like, yo, whatever this job includes, bro, I'm locked and loaded for it. Like, I could put whatever hat on. I could, I could learn whatever skill I need to learn. Uh-huh. I'm not even that far from it. Uh-huh. Like, like a lot of transferable skills in this mm-hmm. aspect. So I'm just like, yeah, sign me up. Mm-hmm. So, but that's how I started. That's honestly how I started. And ever since then, it just kind of just took an up climb. Like, I just, the more I learned, the more I understood, the more I like opened myself up to, the more I was just like, yeah, sign me up. Like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I want to do that. And then it's turned into, I'm vying to do this. I'm Ooh. pursuing that. Mm-hmm. It's very different when it just goes to either when the opportunity presents itself and mm-hmm. you sign up, not, you know what I'm saying? to just taking an opportunity versus you intentionally putting out that energy that this is what you're looking for. This is where, this is the direction that you want to go in. So mm-hmm. it tailors your opportunities. And I feel like that's really important because I really want to take note of that because that's something that I feel like I didn't do until like later on mm-hmm. is like specifically pursue a direction mm-hmm. and and more so a direction in how do you want to impact? Because at first it was just like, oh, I just want to give back. I just kind of want to be a part of something bigger than myself. I just kind of want to like lead and things like that and kind of share these skills, kind of share these experiences that I have. Senseless Amy. Thank you. And it got to a point where now I'm Mr. Senior, uh, sen- uh, Senior Resident Assistant. I'm President of MOCA, founder of an or- uh, organization, doing all these different things at once. Mm-hmm. Directions of impact so far from each other. Like mm-hmm. community service, that's an impact in the community outside of DSU. That's mm-hmm. one direction. President Mocha, that's impacting the men on campus and that's men development. Mm-hmm. And then Royal Court, that's kind of just being the face of your class and kind of showing the like exemplifying leadership and you know different things like that and then um being a senior resident assistant like that that requires you to kind of be a supervisor and lead and not only just be a an ra but now you have a staff under you now you have a boss and like now you're playing this administrative role so all these different things i'm doing at once Mm -hmm. all leave an impact in so many different ways and when you Mm -hmm. stretch yourself thin you get stressed (laughs) i got it like i got stressed out (laughs) and i was in a position of I was in a position of change. I was uh-huh. in a position of impact, but I felt like I was just getting by. Mm. I felt like I was just, I was doing whatever I needed to do to fulfill my responsibilities. And that's a place that you never want to get to in any leadership yeah. position. Because although I did, I had the love, I had the passion for every single one of those, it was hard for me to like actually do every single one of those to the extent that it needed to. Because mm-hmm. some of those actually needed my 75%. You and don't I have only could give them like 20. Yeah, you don't have capacity for it anymore. It's just so. too much. But um, whew, this episode was, this was good. This was good. So we need to <laughs> run it back with a part two. If y'all want a part two, make sure you comment. Let Zach know, in man. the comments. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> but um, what would you tell the black boy who feels invisible? Yes. Now, um, I would say, number one, be gentle to yourself. What does that mean? What does gentle to mean? To be gentle to yourself means uh-huh. to just step away from the standards that's mm-hmm. held upon you from your community. It could be your household. It could be your peers. It could mm-hmm. be people above you. Mm-hmm. Learn to step away from those standards and those expectations, sometimes high, very mm-hmm. high, and learn to create your own expectations and your own standards. Learn to understand the laws that you want to live by and embody. Mm. Because without foundation, you will fall to anything. And 
anybody will be able to get into your head. Anybody would be able to tell you what you are and what you are not. And once that happens and once that occurs where someone else has control over your own perception of yourself, you've lost. Mm. So before you get into the world, before you have these big goals, these big dreams and aspirations and things like that, and before you kind of get your feet wet, know yourself and not just your your favorite hobbies and like the things that you like to do and the job that you want to, the, the, the place that you want to make money at. Know your morals and values. What things do you stand on? You know what I mean? If you look at every company, they always have like a couple words of just words that they 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 carry their institution by, they live by. For example, I work at Christiana Care. Their two words is love and excellence. For a healthcare company, a lot of times you don't see the word love in a healthcare company. But when you really think about those two words, love and excellence in healthcare, it's directly tailored to how you want to feel when you come and you're sick. You want to feel like the people that you're is touching your body and people that you're working with has a high level of excellence and they care about being the best <laughs> yeah. and being experts in their field. And also love and compassion in a time period where you feel like you're vulnerable, you may be scared, you don't know what's going on with your body and or you're hurting, you know what I mean? But just back to, and that's just a way of, they're building their infrastructure. They're building their platform. They're building whatever they're building on on things that matter. Find out what you want to build your foundation on. Mm -hmm. Find out where you what you what what you want to build upon and the, the man that you want to become in a sense. Because honestly, you don't have to know what you're gonna be. You don't have to know how much money you're trying to make. You don't have to know where you're gonna go and things like that. You don't have to. I feel like a big standard is set that, and I would just say on uh, just speaking for a black man. We have to know where we're going. We have to know what we're doing and all these different types of things. Like it's a, it's it's wrong if we're if we don't know. It's it looks as if we're wasting time if we are if we're undecided at the moment. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Focus on and they don't ever really excuse me. They don't ever really put the pieces together how it's supposed to. Whenever you think about your career, a lot of times growing up, we just want the career that makes the most money because we probably don't come from that. So, you know, but it's backwards, though. Find a career that's tailored to the person that you are and the change that you want to make. Every single industry makes change in some type of way, mm -hmm. big or small. Find mm -hmm. out just how you want to make change. And that doesn't that doesn't need an end goal. It doesn't need an end goal and it doesn't need 100 steps. It just needs an idea. So that's what that's what I would say to a young black man. Number one, just find out the the the, the values and the morals that you want to stand on. Just you yourself. That's that's not what your mama want for you. That's not what your daddy want for you. You feel me? That's not what they say on Instagram that look like, you know what I'm saying? That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's what you're supposed to be looking at, things like that. That's not what your teacher is saying when you get bad grades or like you getting kicked out of class, whatever, whatever. That's not what anybody's expectations is. What's your expectation of you? You know what I mean? What do you want to be seen as? What do you want to be memorized and stuff like that? Yeah. So find those small expectations. Like you want to be just a person that, is open. You want to be. A, you do. Do you want to be a friendly person? Do you want to be a person that um, is seen as smart? Do you want to be a person that's seen as funny? Things like that. It. Small things like that. Those matter. You know what Who I mean. Who do you want to be? Not do what do you want to be. Not what do you want to be. Yes. Mm. yes. Who do you choose to be? How do you choose? How do you choose to show up in this world? And not what do you choose to show up as? Because it's so easy to look at like, I need six figures. I need a house. I need yeah. a car. I need all these different things to be accepted into the world. Mm -hmm. No, understand who you want to be. Mm -hmm. And then that's that's what's going to create the acceptance. That's what's going to create the standards. That's what's going to create the expectations. When you understand mm -hmm. who you want to be, that's how you can create expectations. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to let the whole world make those for you. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And once you figure that out, everything else will play its role. I promise mm -hmm. you. Preparation meets opportunity every single okay, time. Bars. When you know who you want to be, when yes. that opportunity presents itself that's tailored to that direction, you're ready for it because you were already thinking in that aspect. You were preparing yourself in that aspect. So these opportunities that are tailored towards what you want to be, they're going to feel like this is exactly it. Mm 
This is it. I don't have to think. I don't have to sit here and compare 100 different decisions because I already knew what I wanted when I came in here. When you go to the store, you already know what you finna order. You take the longest at McDonald's when you don't know what you want. <laughs> but when you know what you're pulling up for, it's exactly what you're pulling up for, that order is quick. When I go to Popeye's, the order don't take long. It don't. Give me that spicy chicken sandwich. You know what I mean? This, I know exactly what sauce I want with it. The sweet heat sauce, fries, and the frozen lemonade. Whatever flavor you got going on at the time, seasonal what? or not, hand it over. You feel me? When I pop up in that Popeye's line, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want. So that opportunity, if they tell me they don't have the sweet heat sauce, I'm pulling out the drive-thru. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't, because it's not what I want. It's not what I want. It's very clear and easy to see. You don't got sweet heat sauce? All right, you guys have a good night. <laughs> it's going to change the experience for me. That's the same uh -huh. way you got to look at life. Know what you want. Mm -hmm. So when these opportunities present themselves, it's going to be so clear to either accept or deny. Mm -hmm. You're not just accepting everything that's on the table. You know what I mean? And this is coming from a place of where I took every single opportunity to table because I wanted to, I wanted my name to mean so much. I wanted my impact to feel so big that I didn't even really tailor it to yeah. what did I really want to change in a sense. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do everything. It's you know a great I mean? opportunity. Yeah. I'm going to take it. Yeah. And, <laughs> And, and also, I will say the goal that I was trying to achieve at the time period that I felt like made the most sense, and it really didn't, mm -hmm. was there wasn't enough guys in student leadership at the time. Yeah. I felt like it was me and like eight to ten other people. And it's like all these other men on campus, but like nobody wants to step up in that light. That Nobody wants to step up in those fields and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm just going to show them that you can, you can be a student. Like you, you can do this. You can mm -hmm. do that. You can do this. You can do that. And whatnot, yeah. but I was trying to. Sh I guess the idea is I was trying to show that, like, yes, he's a super, he's a he's an RA, but he's also this, but he's also that as well. I wanted to show people that you can, you know, what I'm saying you can wear a couple of different hats, but you could also be different people. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't have to stay in just one lane. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can change and, and make impact in others. But with that, I was also the same goal that I was trying to show people that you can do more things at once. I was mm -hmm. also had to take the responsibility. And I took the stress of having to do all these different <laughs> things at once that it does come with. So at the end of the day, I was trying to motivate people. But in the sense of me motivating people so hard and wanted to showcase something so bad, I was stressing myself and pushing myself to a level that I honestly didn't have to. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Did you have fun today? I really did. I had a <laughs> great time. Um, uh -huh. Open just, just having a conversation about things like this because... These are topics that I think about constantly, yeah. but um, just really don't have the opportunity to really talk about it mm -hmm. in a space that is wanted. Yeah. I feel like these conversations are not wanted often enough. Mm, okay. So, you know what I mean? Just talking about it in a space like this is really fun. I had a really great time. I might need you to be a co-host in the future. Listen, man. I'm always here. <laughs> you heard it from me first. Like, so you know what I'm saying if we, that's in the works that's in the works stay tuned yes 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 to be determined thank you for joining us today remember every Tuesday the audio drops and every Thursday the visual drops and we'll see you next week bye you guys have a great one <laughs> alright cut